Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Today's episode of the Chicken Nick Show brought to you by Revolution Wraps. It's a great way to promote your business. They produce large format graphics, quality installations for vehicle graphics, window, wall graphics, interior, exterior signage, trade show displays. They are locally owned. They do everything in-house from design to production to installation. Check them out, revolutionwraps.com. Here, Pat Kelsey shouting out the play, shouting out the direction. Here's Burns, 10 on the shot clock. The spin, the flush. Meet me at the rim. That's kind of the only way you and I right now can do play-by-play and color together is by... I know. Doing a comment from me, a comment from you, and just, you know, let the mind wander and theater of the mind. You and I call it a Big South Championship game together. I like that. I I like that. I mean, it's better than nothing. It's better than... It's better than nothing. And I figured you'd want to... Someday your career, by the way, will get to the point where you can call the Big South Championship. If you don't think I was watching a little bit of the Big South Championship game today and was jealous that I was not calling the Big South Championship game, you don't know who you're talking about. I'm a big, big South guy. Not quite as as big as you are, I'm sure. Are you all in on Winthrop right now? Just all Uh, in on him? Look, I am... I've seen them play five times this year. I've called five of their games, probably nine times over the last two years. I have no bias whatsoever, filling out ten brackets all in the final four. <laughs> I can't get away from them. I can't quit them. I mean, they're, they're 23 and one. They are 23 and one. I mean, I'm looking at the Ken Palm, just a tempo, 12th in the country. They want to push the rock. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking at their. Uh, I mean, non-con, not a lot of juicy, not a lot of juicy dubs on that. That's thing. COVID's fault. That's COVID's yeah, fault. Yeah, that's COVID. Okay? That's COVID you know, getting in the they way. They would have played. They would have played Seton Hall. Yeah, and yeah. then you know Seton Hall, they would have taken an L, and then you know Seton Hall would be on the bubble at all. You, know? <laughs> you and your Big East. Bias. I know. I'm a Big East bias bastard, in the, <laughs> but that's but it, I mean it's hard not to fall in love with with. The teams oh. that you see the most, oh. that's who you fall in love with, you know? I mean, it's just it's just one of those things. It but I don't care who you are. When you're 23 and 1, you're you're a good team. Like you are a good team. They got a big dude inside too. That's a that's a a load. I mean, they're I, like they're intriguing. I'm intrigued. Look, I'm intrigued, Terry. Stick at it. Um, they are a, um, they're going to be a problem. They're not a typical, you know, let me, let me just say this to you and you can go with this however you want to do it, but this is just what I believe. Well, can I, can I set this up? Do you want to be the analyst for a second? 
Can I be Greg Gumbel and I'm going to reveal a seed and we're going to throw it to you? How about that? Yeah, sure. Okay. And the 13 seed, the Winthrop Eagles, head coach Pat Kelsey out of the Big South Conference. Matt, a team I know you like quite a bit. I do, Nick. Thank you very much. And you misread that. They're actually a 12. And it's... <laughs> You know, it's one of those teams that with DJ Burns, Chandler Vaudrin, this is a team that can really get you. Chandler Vaudrin, a Division II transfer a couple of years ago from Walsh University. DJ Burns, former top 100 recruit, went to the University of Tennessee, said, you know what, not for me. Came back home to Rock Hill, and he has been rocking it. He was 11-12, Nick, in that Big South Championship game with 22 points, tying a season high. Let me tell you, Winthrop... Not your typical mid-major. And I'm not sure where that drop came from here at CBS, but... So, time out. So, okay, so Vajran came from Bill Walsh University? Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, I don't, I don't know that Walsh University was named after Bill okay. Walsh. And then, okay, and then Charles... Falden, did he tell Tennessee, you know, F you guys, I'm just out of here. Did he Adam yeah, Bailey, Tennessee? I don't believe he did. Uh, well, yeah, he did, actually. It's probably the exact the exact <laughs> words that he used. Hey, speaking of the Bill Walsh thing, does that jog your memory at all? Or do you remember? You, you remember Fantasia? You remember when we did that on the show in that movie, Fantasia? <laughs> Bill, what, what did we do with Bill Wall? Oh, it was was it was with the football with the the video game. What this was was a uh, a drop that we used <laughs> a drop Uh-oh. that I me, think Doug. we used on the show. Do you remember? Do you remember? When, do you remember when OJ Simpson, who may or may not have murdered two people. <laughs> He was in a talk show, and he, they were taking calls, and someone called up. Do you remember this? No. All right, Alex is listening to us in Ohio. Hey, Alex. Yes. Hey, Alex. Hey, how you doing? Not Juice? good. Juice, can you hear me, Juice? Yes, I can hear you, buddy. Yeah. Uh, remember when you played for the 49ers? Yeah. Yeah, did you kill Bill Walsh? <laughs> I have no memory of that. You don't remember that? No. Maybe unsportsmanlike conduct played that more often than we did with Kevin and Michael there. With wow. the did you did what? you kill the juice? Yeah. staying smooth. Yeah, he, even uh, and he when he's on the Budweiser hot seat, he got through it uh, in a great way. But yeah, I mean, so back to Winthrop. Um, yada yada yada. Winthrop going to the Final Four. Is that what you're telling me? Look, this is like when you said. I don't care what what happens, where they are at. When you see Old Dominion, advance them a line. Yeah. Advance them a line. Yeah. You did that, and you know it, it derailed a lot of people's brackets very early on. You know, very early on. I I kind of have a bad. I did that once with Long Beach State as well. Yes, you did. I was like, Long Beach State, see them, advance them a line. They got beat in the first round. Like, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, I got, the, I got a jinx going. When I, when I kind of fall in love with a mid-major, they don't, they don't tend to get their uh, advance game right at the NCAA tournament. So I don't even know who I want to, I want to jinx right now. I don't want to do it to Winthrop. That's your baby. I'm going to let yeah. you have Winthrop. You can have them, and you can love them all you want. Okay. 
Old Dominion. I'm stressed on a variety of levels because yeah, let's uh, there's a lot to get into here. Well, um, yeah, I, there is. Now you wrapped up your Fox season. Now what about the Big East tournament? I and, thought you were going to get Big East. Uh, you know, so did I. But apparently, you know, Bill Raftery has to do games, and oh, Jim Jackson has to do games, and oh, I'm Steve Lavin, and I got to do studio, <laughs> and I'm Donnie Marshall, and I'm on the All Decade Big East team, and I have to be there for everyone. <laughs> Oh, okay. All right. No room for a guy that played in the Valley. All right. <laughs> so, yeah. Yada, yada, yada. You boys at home on his Tim couch for you the were, remainder. You were pre, pre-alignment. pre You weren't part of a realignment. You were pre-alignment. Oh, you, so you were in the old Big East? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Who is your biggest rival? Was it Syracuse? No, Southern Illinois. <laughs> uh, that's pretty much so accurate. Oh, man. Man, so in the conference tournament when you saw that zone, was it crazy? What, you mean Drake's zone? No, Syracuse is up. No. 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 I mean, I, I'm, I'm not even the old Big East. You know what I'm saying, Doug? Oh. So yeah, I mean, no, I was I was hoping your boy was gonna get an opportunity to, uh, you know, head to the Big Apple and do my thing for that chicken wing, as I think we call it in the industry. Yeah, uh, and uh, you know, but the answer was uh, no, no. They actually had Dana Altman break the news to me. <laughs> they did. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. Did did. Uh, I, you know, I think what happened was they remembered. When did Nick Baugh, did he call the Big East? Oh, yeah, that's right. He called that game, and then the whole NCAA tournament got canceled. <laughs> maybe maybe it was ba- putting Baugh on a conference tournament game that really derailed everything, you know? We're just trying to detach ourselves right. from 2020. That's it. As, as much as we can, and you are going to be removed from any you, postseason basketball. Listen, you talk about a big fall from grace. I mean, if you remember right. I was slated because people they didn't bring studio on site. Talking about Fox, Jim Jackson, he was you know an epidemiologist apparently, and he was like he was on the first thing smoking out of New York and had wanted nothing to do with COVID. But your boy was just staying at MSG, and so I got a call from Fox on March 11th asking me to call the remainder of the Big East tournament with. So I was going to call the quarterfinal games. I was going to call the semifinal games with Gus Johnson and the Big oh. East Tournament Finals with Gus oh. Johnson. Oh. Oh. oh, 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 I mean, I could take you to the exact spot at Madison Square Garden where I, I ran into like the concession stand area to take the call from the you know the 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 coordinating producer, and I was on a speakerphone with all the decision makers, and I think they knew they're like he's going to wet his pants when we ask him to call the the Big East Tournament, and then. <laughs> I mean, I almost, like, I couldn't speak. It took my breath away. I fought back tears. I was like, yes, yes. Not only would I do that for you, I was like the water boy. I was like, not only, not only will I do that, yes, not only will I do that for you, but I will, yes, I can do that for you. Yes, I can. <laughs> Coach, not only will I do it for you, I, 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 yes, yes, I'll do it for you. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Crikey. If you do this, we're going to offer you free hotel room for three nights. I'll take it. I'll take it. We're prepared to offer you all the free coffee you want at any of our stores throughout North America and Europe. Plus, I'll take it. Like, okay. <laughs> all right. That's fine. We'll pay for your hotel and that's all you get. But but it was hard. I remember going back then to... Oh, yeah. I go back to my hotel and I'm prepping and I'm like... But you kind of knew there was an inevitability of like, this thing's not happening. You know? So, you know, you, you kind of, uh, you know, you're... You, you get a big break, but you know it's not going to last long. And here we are, yada, 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 a year later, your boy's not even invited to the Big East tournament. So it's, it's, it is what it is. It's fine. It's, that's fine. That's fine. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. That was actually the audio from when they broke the news to me this year. Um, but You're yeah, like, yeah, I didn't want to go. I didn't want to go. <laughs> wanna go. Why would he want to go to Big East tournament? Actually, don't even want to go. Nick, Nick, on your on your wall there at home, it says "lifelong dream." Call Big East tournament. <laughs> okay, that's fine. 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 By the way, so you, so we are zooming. I'm going to turn. So I feel like I need to redecorate the back, my backdrop. So I'm, I got my jersey hanging, like it was like my senior day. Creighton 34 yeah. thing. I'm right? looking at it right yeah. now. Yeah. You know what doesn't make a lot of coaches feel uncom- feel comfortable is when I'm zooming with them and behind and we're doing like so I'm zooming with like Jay Wright and it's Villanova Creighton and I'm going to call the game and behind me is a Creighton jersey. I'm like let me tell you Jay, you won't find a guy that's more right down the middle than me. I don't care who played where, who did what. I show no bias whatsoever. What's that? Oh, that's just my Creighton jersey behind me. (laughs) What are those pictures on there? Oh, that was my senior night when I cried. It was so emotional. Such a moment that I hold on to for years. Oh, what's that? Oh, that's a piece of wood from the old gym. It's in his, yes. Great. (laughs) <laughs> well, in fact, so I'm I'm zooming with uh, Laval Jordan before you know Butler Creighton, and because he's my Butler, because he's my Butler, and yeah, he Laval and I have a great relationship. You know, I I mean we we have have laughed many a time, many a time, but so Laval comes on the Zoom and immediately you know he starts you know. Busting my chops, he's like, "Oh, what? It's, whenever we play Creighton, it's always Nick's got to be on the call, and he's always talking about Creighton's threes and this and that. You know, give me crap." I'm like, "So I go, and I got this behind me, and I go, Laval, I'm gonna show this to you, Shicky. I go, would it make you feel any better if I showed you my Doug McDermott bobblehead? <laughs> <laughs> you put, you held it up, yes, him. and he started dying. He was like, "Oh, perfect, that's great." So then I offered him though to balance it out, my dream team. My dream team poster. Oh my god! Shouts out to the 1992 dream team. I'm talking about Jordan. I'm talking about Stockton. I'm talking about Magic Johnson. I'm talking about Patrick Ewing, Larry Bird, Charles Barkley, Carl Malone, Chris Mullin, Scottie Pippen, David Robinson, and also Christian Leitner. <laughs> so yeah, he liked my dream team poster though. You you have a dream team poster? You don't in, in your rec- <laughs> <laughs> like, I used to, you know, like in high school, had a picture on the wall of Keith Hernandez. Keith Hernandez? 
Keith Hernandez? Keith Hernandez? <laughs> he was my favorite player. I'm going to help him move? I'm not going to help him move. <laughs> and then I, you know, I got rid of it when I went to college and then got married. And I did. You still have a Dream Team poster. Come on. This makes me just feel things. It, I When I look at that, when I look at those, ba- those are the basketball players I, that I fell in love with basketball watching. I just feel things when I look at it. It makes me want to just, you know, attack the day. You know what I'm saying, man? So you don't like that? What, attack make, the rack. This, attack this? the day. How about Nick Bob Bo Root after we won state? Uncle like Rico, that. we go back, man. We take state, man. What do you think of that? Does that make you feel better? Could throw that football over the mountains. Over the mountains, man. How much you want to make a bet I can throw a football over the mountains? That's you and Bo Root. I like that picture. This is this? good podcast, good audio. You, uh, I can Rich see all ba. these pictures. What else you got there? What about Rich Ba at Fremont High? Oh, wow. My father. Wow. Richie Ba, the yeah. uh, the Fremont Flyer. The Fremont Flyer, baby. How about that's that? Right. If you, I mean, that's pretty good, right? I got my, my picture with me and Michael Jordan when I was in seventh grade. It's too far away. I can't grab it. I could also do something like, oh, that's me and, uh, it's me and George Bush playing golf uh, over there. That's, yeah, no, yep. Yeah. Yep, that's me and uh, the Beatles. We went and had a good beer back in the seventies. I wish I could. I wish this camera worked. You could see me uh, sitting on Brad Pitt's lap, but uh, just can't get this thing to swivel right. Next time, next time, reach it. I can't quite reach it. That's too bad. Me and Steven Spielberg on the set of Jurassic Park. I told him about the, you know, the rearview mirror with the with the T Rex. That's me telling him that, but I can't reach it. Anyways, what was it you wanted to talk about? No dinosaur bias here. No, no, no. Right there. Okay, well, well, what are we? Okay, we're 18 minutes in, and we've talked about nothing. You're listening to the Mark Jackson Show. I, I need to get to a couple of emails here. There are a couple of good ones here, because one of them did involve the Mark Jackson Show. <laughs> the Mark Jackson Show is the dumbest yeah. reoccurring thing that maybe only I laugh at. Ben was our guy. I think a week ago or so, that was going through job interviews. Yeah. He says, uh, update, my company's going through a restructure, and a lot of people are losing their jobs. Let's just say Tyler McKinney and I agree on the whole situation. I'm not happy about that. (laughs) He said, I had a few more interviews where I was on a panel. You are on a panel. (laughs) He says, that seemed to go well. One said, "Uh, next question's going to be on your right from Carl. No. He goes, and I really wanted to answer an old man Joe Pa voice about who's this? About who's this here? <laughs> Over here on our right with uh, Paul here. Hi, Coach. Some of the experts are pretty high in your secondary. What are your feelings on that group? Are you optimistic about them? About who's this? <laughs> but just smiled and answered the question. He said, I was called the next day with an offer. I talked to the HR person for a while, and when she gave me the final numbers, I thought, now, 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 might these <laughs> figures be negotiable? <laughs> no, no. Now, might that topic be revisited? I don't know. And I was able to get a better deal, and the new Yob is now secured. Nice. To celebrate, I'm going to rent a Chevy Equinox with the bucket seats. And head to a golf course about an hour outside Omaha called Sand Hills. Nice. And then he has, he has a look at this photograph, and it's a picture <laughs> of Chambers dunking on the Knicks. And it's, you know, that one with uh, Tom Chambers skying over a New York Knicks. And yeah. for him, it says me, <laughs> M-E. And then for the Knicks, it says my company. And he's dunking, <laughs> he's just dunking on, on it. it. It's beautiful. And, and then at the end, he says, you're listening to the Mark Jackson podcast on 1620 The Zone. This is perfect. I mean, that, that is like well done. 
It's all over it. Derek emails in to laugh at chickennick.com. The headline, of course, is uh, exactly what you would anticipate after the last couple of episodes here. The headline is Bucket Seats. Chevy Equinox with a bucket seat. Chevy Equinox with a bucket seat. Breathe. Says, Sometimes I really got to focus on breathing. Okay. He says, love the show, and I know I'm a couple weeks behind, but I had to share a story. I'm taking my SUV into Huber to get some stuff done on it, but I needed a loaner. The gentleman from Huber called my wife instead of me to talk loaners, and she called me to say they had a Chevy Equinox. <laughs> but we needed something bigger because of three car seats. I told her, good job. It probably didn't even have bucket seats. Chevy Equinox with a bucket seat? <laughs> Silence on the other side of the line for a solid 10 seconds. And then she said, dinner will be ready in the crockpot. He goes, I'm heading down the path of hiring that lawyer that ends everything in shun. Good day, gentlemen, <laughs> from Derek. And your question is... And your suggestion is... And your question is... <laughs> so anyway, uh, I got that one. I do want to say this about the uh, Chevy Equinox and the bucket seats, which we're giving them all this free advertising. I mean... It's just embarrassing. No? It's embarrassing. But my brother works at... Uh, he owns a, a car business what? in Denver. Okay, uh, Mile High Car Helper is you know, if you want to, you know, they kind of take the hassle out. I'm giving them a free advertisement right now. Look at but you, Mile High Car Helper in Denver, and they I've bought a couple cars through them. They'll take all the hassle out of it for you. Find you a car even if they don't have it. That's it. All right. <laughs> but he sends me this message about the HuberCars.com. He goes, "That might be the funniest thing Nick has said. <laughs> Hilarious that Severe likes it." And I said, we did it daily because his ads ran every day. During commercial breaks, we said, HuberCars.com. Chevy Equinox with a bucket seat. And he, my brother goes, and he, my brother knows most everything about cars. He goes, well, when I first heard it, I thought that he had the car mixed up because the Equinox is only a five-seater and can't have bucket seats. <laughs> okay. Okay. But then he goes, I Googled it, and sure enough, they call the front seats bucket seats. There Chevy it is. For the okay. Because I've thought about that. I have, I'm not going to lie. I have thought about that. Your boy, your boy has dabbled in a lot of different rentals, and I've taken naps in rental cars at Panera Bread in Iowa City as well. But so your boy has gotten behind the wheel of a Chevy Equinox with a bucket seat. And I thought to myself, what your brother is saying, I'm like, I don't think we could put bucket seats in here, but I didn't realize that the bucket seats could be considered at the front of the Chevy Equinox with the bucket seats. Chevy Equinox with the bucket seats. <laughs> Can you go back and forth with yourself okay. here? Yeah. You do it, I'll play it, you do it, okay, I'll play ready? it. Just see see if we can go like 10 see, seconds. Let's with see it. what okay. happens here. Okay, I'm going to go first. Ready? All right, this is like dueling banjos. Okay, go. here we go. Chevy Equinox with the bucket seats. Chevy Equinox with the bucket seats. Chevy Equinox with the bucket seats. Chevy Equinox with a bucket seat. 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 Whew. Oh, that one. Oh, that's a lot. That's a. Whew. I need to call a thirty-second timeout after that. Ridiculous. Yeah, but so, so got, I'm done with my seasons. Done TV wise. Sad. I don't know what to do with myself. I'm just gonna be a. Sad. I'll go with John Bishop, and we're gonna scream for you know, scream for the Blue Jays. Cue up Booker Woodfox, 2009, Wichita State, Sorry about Cubs tournament.
So I had that one ready. We got this sent to us uh, as a reminder, and it should be, because this is one of your great moments. Do you remember the date? Are we? Uh, we're on the anniversary. The la- anniversary was last week. Yeah, it was like right? March anniversary. 2nd. March 3rd. Was it March 4th? I don't know. Maybe um, you can just tell me what date the shot was. Why don't you just tell me when the Booker <laughs> would fuck? Why don't you just tell me the name of the movie you selected? Here is uh, what it sounded like back in the day as Booker Wood Fox. By the way, they they were not going to get in that large, were they? No. <laughs> Taking on, speaking of the Winthrop tie-in, Greg Marshall was at Winthrop, went to Wichita State. Where, where it all comes back to Winthrop. Six and, degrees of Kevin Bacon, six degrees of Winthrop on this podcast. Can't spell Winthrop without W-I-N. Yeah. They were down by a point. And they had to hit this shot. It was an inbounds with 1.7 to go. And if you Baseline watch Baseline out of bounds it, on the right side of the floor. Yeah. That's right. And if you watch it, that clock starts so late. Like, you. I don't know. I mean, on behalf of probably everybody should, on the hilltop for Creighton, how dare you? Probably shouldn't have counted. But <laughs> here's what it sounded like as T. Scott Marr was the play-by-play voice. Yeah. And a young Nick Ball. I mean, I think, like, I, were we doing the show yet? No, I don't think so. I think I think no. this would have been this was my first year on radio. So no, this I was still a graduate assistant and we the Chicken Nick show had not yet come to come to be. So this would have been this was way back in the this was this was my first year out of college. Is the first buzzer beater I ever was on the air for and let's just say I didn't handle it overly well. I hope that and I'm glad that you said that you were a young broadcaster because if you were seasoned and did this? Good. Here we go. Here's Nick Baugh painting the picture for you as good color analysts do. After Booker Woodfox hits the game-winning shot. This was on, uh, I believe, 590. Big AM. Sports 590. Big Sports 590 <laughs> with Big Baugh doing color analysis. Here we go. Got a break to the basket. They pour Wood Fox through. Wood Fox lost the ball. Shot on the way. Is- oh! Oh! It's good. Booker Wood Fox. Okay. Ah! Um, that was pretty amazing. Yeah. Pretty. We had so much fun <laughs> with that drop on our show. As you painted, this was a. It was a blank canvas. T. Scott Marr was holding the brush. And you said, no, 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 I'll be your Picasso, and you went with this. Wood Fox lost the ball, shot on the way. Is- oh! <laughs> it's good. Um, one of the great things about it, too, is that it sounds like you are in one of these, one of these circles, inner circles of hell. <laughs> Just this is the sound that you hear when you go there. Oh! I mean, what? I had an out-of-body experience. I mean, seriously. I mean, if I was trying out for Wes Craven's movie Scream, I was like, all right, auditioning for the part of the Screamer, here is Nick Ball. Ooh, you're getting a callback. You are getting a callback. Wait, did you just say that in the movie Scream, someone was auditioning as the Screamer? <laughs> I just want to confirm that you've seen the movie Scream. Uh, uh, 
Is the movie just a bunch of people screaming? No, I don't even know if they're... I think at some point, somebody's got to... I, I have to venture to... I've seen Scream. It's been a long time. But I'd have to... I mean, somebody screamed at some point in the movie Scream, or that'd be, you know... That'd be as fraudulent as the never-ending story coming to an actual end, you know? I don't know how you pulled never-ending story out of your keister there, but that was well done. How could there be a movie called Scream without somebody screaming? That would be the same thing as the never-ending story. You know, you know somebody. We did. You know somebody went to audition for Scream and just assumed that they were going to have to scream in the audition. I mean, come on. I mean, come on. Booker Woodfox, baby. Booker Woodfox with the bucket seats. Chevy Equinox with the bucket seats. Hold on. Booker Woodfox with the buzzer beat. Chevy Equinox with the bucket seats. Booker Woodfox with the buzzer beat. Chevy Equinox with the bucket seats. Booker Woodfox with the buzzer beat. Chevy Equinox with the bucket seats? Yes. I think it works. I don't know about you. <laughs> That's so good. All the syllables line up. That's what you got to do, Matt. You could have just done that. Yeah. Shot on the way, and it's... Bookwood Fox with the buzz beat. Chevy Equinox with the bucket seats. <laughs> Bookwood Fox with the buzz beat. Chevy Equinox with the bucket seats. Telling you. Could you imagine? That was your, <laughs> that was your call there at the end. Uh, that was well done. By the way, that shot by Booker Woodfox. Uh, we should get the date uh, right. Booker Woodfox shot March. But what, what, the Booker Woodfox with the buzzer beat. <laughs> if you go to hubacause.com, you'll find the Booker Woodfox with the buzzer beat. Chevy Equinox with the bucket seat. <laughs> this is so stupid. I actually thought it was the quarterfinal game because okay. then Creighton came the next day and got... I mean, murdered. I'm talking first degree murdered by Illinois State, if I'm not mistaken. A 2009 MVC quarterfinal game. Yeah, you are absolutely right. Yep, yep, I absolutely figured. right. Yeah. Let and me. Osiris uh, Eldridge and those dudes for Illinois State came in and waxed. It's the next thing. <laughs> Coach Altman was not happy about that. I'm not happy about that. Uh, how could he be? The Creighton game, yeah, 63-62, March 6th. Wow. March 6th, 2009. What a so, time to be alive. You know what I'm saying, Doug? Look at how far you've come. Look at that. You oh, went yeah. from yeah. screaming during a Bucker Wood Fox shot. On the way! Is- to, you know, hitting your career apex doing a Michael Severe impression. Chevy Equinox with the bucket seats. Come a long way, baby. Have I, have I progressed and evolved and improved? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Might that topic be revisited? I don't know. All right, Ronnie. Ronnie. Very good. A quick timeout here on the Chicken Nick Pod before we get to a much deeper topic to tell you about one of our great sponsors, Revolution Wraps. Check them out at revolutionwraps.com. They produce large format graphics, quality installations for vehicle graphics, window and wall graphics, interior and exterior signage, and trade show displays. If you are looking to grow your brand, grow your business, there's no better way to do it than with Revolution Wraps. They partner with clients to build bigger brands. They're locally owned. They do everything in-house from design to production to installation. And if you go to revolutionwraps.com backslash Schick and Nick or mention this ad when you contact them, 
you'll get 20% off your next project. Exterior signage, interior office branding, window graphics, wall murals. Yep, they do all that. They're one of the nation's leading providers of high-definition, large-format graphics, and they will help you meet your business and personal needs. With locations in Lincoln and Omaha, check them out, 866-402-9727, or visit them at revolutionwraps.com. Start something big. So, uh, you said you are very... You know, you got a lot going on. Well, I mean, I got a lot. I mean, there are a lot of it's different things weighing on you, boy. I mean, number one here, we've done the we've done the Creighton turn here to Booker. Right, so right. I, I mean, guess I guess we kind of we kind of yeah, go here. You, you, I mean, um, yeah. What are you? I mean, crikey. well, I mean, this isn't uh, this isn't a typical pot. This isn't a not your typical podcast. Not your typical podcast. Where <laughs> we we get into these. <laughs> Are we actually going to play the Romeo's jingle before we get into the Creighton McDermott? How are we supposed to do that? You Not can't. Your typical oh, God, really? Not That's your right? typical topic. Not your typical <laughs> I love the clap. You can hear the clapping at the end because we clapped you and listened to it. It's great. It's from the show, yeah. Not your typical <laughs> it's like my family matters clap. You know, it just keeps getting better. Oh, uh, huge. I mean, that's, that's not even from my life, and it's one of my favorite memories of you at family matters we'll have to uh we'll have to do that yeah. at some point but we can't do that now no because we've kind of gone into this this deal a story that i followed from afar you're kind of you and i couldn't be more opposite where i'm in charlotte north carolina true that half of the country removed yeah from the epicenter of this story with uh greg mcdermott and you are friends with greg mcdermott very you good very- friends like Very I would say, close. not like I mean, I'm, I'm, I would consider him a really good friend. Yes, yeah, yeah. There's no doubt. I, I remember. You remember? You remember the show Friends? <laughs> I re- Maybe this is good. We'll keep this up. Yes, you know, to kind of keep the, keep we'll go, it. I mean, we're gonna get this, we're gonna get deep, but we'll you know we'll quickly swim to the to the the baby pool, and then we'll go back deep. That's right. That? We're gonna come to the surface every once in a while with a joke and go back deep. We need to come up for some air every once in a while, okay? I'm back whale. But I do recall, speaking of your relationship with Greg McDermott, I remember... I remember... You remember? Feeling so out of place, fifth wheel, dejected and rejected when Greg McDermott was introduced... You and I did the Chicken Nick show live from the new gym, yeah. right? It was Sokol from Arena, I think, right? The, 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 the brand new gym. Yeah. Where they were introducing Greg McDermott. So we were there. Oh, yeah. So we did the show. We carried it live. I think, I don't remember if Greg came over. I don't think so. I think we went off the air by the time yeah. it was over. He didn't come over for a live interview. No. I can't remember if Bruce did. It's all very foggy. Maybe it's I, I'm trying to erase it from my mind because it was very painful. I forgot about this. You know where I'm going. I do. So I remember us doing the show, oh, being yeah. done, mm-hmm. and then we're kind of like in a group, and Greg is over, right? Yeah. Bruce Rasmussen is near. And I can't remember all. Like, Doug McDermott, I believe, was there. Young, yeah, Doug, he was there. Very, very young and very there. Yes. And so was I. And 
I remember the topic being brought up of, hey, I think Bruce might have brought up, hey, we're going to go out to lunch. We're going to go to Upstream. To Upstream, that's right. Yep. One of my favorite places. I'm glad I didn't say that out loud when he said that. And Bruce said, hey, we're going to go out to lunch. Uh, Would you like to come? And he said that to you. And here I am standing next to you. What do you this do? Is, What's the protocol? Look, this is the Schick and Nick show. Schick and Nick just went live. So now it's just the Nick show. It's called My Life, Matt. It's not Schick and Nick. It is just Nick and Nick. Okay? <laughs> I remember. You remember? Remember? You looking at me yeah. and kind of like nodding. And I turned into your wingman where I had to let you go because this was great for your career. And you were not going to suggest that I come along. No. <laughs> I didn't know what to do. I gave you the, the 1992 Jordan against Portland shrug as I trotted off with Greg McDermott, and you gave me the Derek Anderson. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. That's exactly how I felt. You're like, hey, I'm going to go. I should probably go. And I'm like, yeah, that's fine. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. And I knew it was going to be great for your career. Right. Get in there with Greg. You went out to lunch. You probably did your Altman. You did all the. He knew you did impersonations. Yep. He was. He already wanted to be your friend. Yes. I just happened to be like this. Is like when Altman would come on the show. It's like, oh, shit just happens to be there. No wonder I didn't feel welcome. I had to move to North Carolina. That's it. He he. I mean, he wanted you out of the state, Doug. That's what he so, wanted. Anyway, so that's how my relationship with Greg McDermott began, where I was uninvited by not being invited to this I lunch. I totally upstream. forgot about that. I completely forgot that that's because that's exactly how it went down. I was standing right there. I mean, what do you do there? That's a weird, but dynamic. Like, I can't. If it's like okay, either don't go or like it can't be like either shit comes or I don't come. Like, <laughs> you know, I didn't know what to do. Because I don't think I wasn't expecting to get invited out to lunch with anybody. Of course I mean, not. Who would in, who would ever invite you to lunch? Why would anybody want to do anything with me? You know. I mean, come on. And so I so, didn't know what to do. Dana, not Dana's gone. Your boy is just like I mean, the lost puppy out there looking for somebody. And you know who knew if he wanted to hire you as an assistant? You or, never know, man. I mean, you know, I mean, when be- Chicken Nick was ending, Mac and I went out to grab a drink at Cheeseburger in Paradise, Village Point, and I threw out the idea of joining the staff. And we talked. That was like, I'm telling you, this is a real story. Like, I hit him up, said, let's go. I want to talk. And he invited me to Cheeseburger in Paradise at Village Point. I was like, really? You big Cheeseburger in Paradise guy? <laughs> Could have just gone to the old Mickey D's here. But. I mean, I was like, really? He was like, that place will be pretty quiet. He was right. There was like, walked in and we were like the only two customers. Like, we haven't had customers since 2001. <laughs> Who would have thought that a place that tried to make it look like Hawaii wouldn't succeed in Omaha? <laughs> Mac was all about it. So, we, you know, we went and had a drink and I... You know, we talked about, I was maybe going to get into, this was after, as Chicken Nick was ending, I was like, I don't know right. what I'm going to do, all this stuff. And so, so yeah, I mean, I'd, I'm thinking about all these things, like the reality is with my position and where I'm trying to get to, it was going to behoove me to get into the good graces of Greg McDermott. So I was like, all right, I'm going to kick Shicky to the curb and 
head on over to Upstream without him. So yeah, so it it almost our show ended kind of the way that it, it began, where you were trying to get with Greg McDermott and boot me out. That's, That's fine. It. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. That's exactly. Right. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of Jay Billis, he's been one of the voices that have uh, come out, obviously. Did he saying, say, everybody tells me what he, what did he, are you going to reference what he said on game day? Well, I mean, he wasn't like, he should be fired. It wasn't anything like that. It was more like. Because I didn't hear it, it but was, I had people tell wrong. me what Jay said. And I was like. Yeah, it was wrong. The use of this racially insensitive language and imagery is unacceptable. It's unacceptable in a locker room. It's unacceptable in an office. It's unacceptable at a private gathering. Uh, as to what should be done by Creighton, uh, I do believe that that is an issue for Creighton to determine. Reese Davis said it rose to the level of termination. Right. The language is despicable and, and it's awful. I think every reasonable person would agree with that. No one would have any contention with that. And in my judgment, it rises to the level of being a fireable offense if Creighton were to choose to do so. Seth Greenberg was like, hey, how do you, you got to figure out how to move on. How does the program continue with Greg? You know, you got you to get the parents on board. You know, he kind of spun it in a positive way, I right. think. Uh, Lafonso Ellis is just the nicest guy ever, so he's never going to call for anyone's uh, termination or firing or anything. He's just all, I just love Lafonso Ellis. Every interaction I've had, this is me trying to make up for the fact that I got uninvited from the lunch by, by telling you that I'm friends with friends Lafonso with, Ellis. We're just going to tit for tat, friends and moments. Be like, well, I went, I actually went to uh, Panera Bread with Lafonso Ellis. Would you rather go to Panera with Lafonso Ellis or upstream with Greg McDermott? I mean, I don't know, man. Or Cheeseburger in Paradise with uh, Seth Greenberg. <laughs> Either way, I've done all of them. So, so anyway, it's been it's been interesting. Um, but to your point about your relationship with Greg, I remember you telling me that uh, when he was thinking about the Ohio State job, he, he I don't know if I should be saying this, but he no, I, I I brought it up on my podcast. Thanks for listening to my podcast, Pillow Windows and Doors, and. Uh, <laughs> But I brought that up just to, you know, because that's what's so weird about this, first and foremost, to make this about me. But yeah. what's so weird about this is usually when these sorts of stories break, you don't know the people involved. They're just right. a name and a title in a story, right? And that makes it the experience of how you're digesting the story different, right? This is the first story like this where... Not only am I connected because it's with my alma mater, it's I'm connected because the guy at the center of it is someone that I consider to be a really good friend. In fact, to your point, and I feel like now, I mean, the cat's out of the bag. I mean, when Greg McDermott was offered the Ohio State job and he was deciding whether or not he wanted to take it, I received a phone call from Greg McDermott uh, at like, this would have been like 8.30 in the morning. And... I, when I saw it popped up, I figured he's going to tell me, like, hey, I want to, you to hear it from me first. I'm taking the Ohio State job, blah, blah, blah. But he was, he, you know, was like, hey, Nick, I, I, need, I need someone that I respect and value their opinion to bounce this off of that isn't a family member. And we talked for 45 minutes about, the pros and the cons of the Ohio State job and taking that and staying at Creighton. So, like, I guess what I'm saying is, like, that's an enormous decision to make for his personal and professional career, and he wanted to call me. And so 
this isn't to puff my chest up. Like, how about that? But I think that illustrates, like, just how close we are, you know? Hey, when he called you, did he say, hey, Nick, how you doing? Hey, Nick, how you doing? <laughs> No, sorry. no, sorry. That was not even I just did. No. Again, we're just trying to come up for air. Yeah, that's what we're doing. Back. That's okay. what we're doing. Keep right. it, keep it light here. But that, that, right. yeah. And I like for I remember, you remember? I remember when I was going through my health stuff. Now, what health stuff was that? Ah, cough, too cold. That's all it was. It was a kid. It ended up being a cough, too cold. <laughs> <laughs> it, okay, so I'm one of the worst days of the health stuff was um, there's there's a process you. Where basically you have to drink this radioactive dye when they're trying to figure out basically tumors or any parts of your body that are going to pop up, which are really bad, right? And so at 7 o'clock in the morning on a day we were going to leave to go play at Villanova and I'm doing radio. And so I was going to be on the team plane and all this stuff. At 7 a.m. I'm at the med center and I'm having to drink this radioactive dye and you have to drink it. It tastes bad and you have to sit in this room and let it kind of work its like way through your body and then you go get some little scan and if any place lights up that's where a tumor's at i mean I, i'm obviously i'm dumbing it down but that's kind of what they're they're checking for right and so that's a that's a scary one of the most lonely moments ever for me was drinking that dye and having to wait in this tiny room at 7:15 in the morning and I'm sitting there going, like, are you effing kid? Like, this, so this is where my life is right now. Like, I'm, right. I'm drinking radioactive dye, and I'm gonna go get a scan to figure out how much, if my whole body's gonna light up, and I got cancer all through my body, all this stuff, right? And so I was really upset that day. That was probably the, one of the most upset I've been. And I called Coach McDermott, and I and I was like, I, because I knew I was gonna get on a plane with him, and I'm usually Mr. Bounce off the wall, laughy, giggly, all this stuff, and I just was not in a good mood. And I, explain to him what was going on said hey it's just so you know like what's this is what's going on with me all this stuff and you know he was he was we talked for a half hour or whatever and then he he was like you you're sitting by me on the plane and that guy could not have made me feel better for the entire flight out to philadelphia the second we got to philly he was like go throw your stuff in your room i'm taking you out to dinner we're sitting together and like he made it a point for me, that like Nick Nick Ball is gonna have a smile on his face this entire day, you know, like, and it's a those little moments there that like, I felt like he he was there for me, you know, and and so I say all that to say like, I haven't experienced this week the way maybe everybody else has experienced it, and it is hard for me to look at this whole situation objectively when. The person who's at the at the center of all this is someone that I know, I love, I consider to be a great friend, and most importantly, if there's a person who I would absolutely sign off on on being a great person, it's him. But I feel like this is a situation, Chick, where a lot of different things can be true at the same time. I can say all of that and say that I totally vouch for the character and the man, Greg McDermott, and I can also say he made a horrible mistake and the plantation analogy was bizarre it was horrible and it was wrong and so I think like we can I feel like I can separate the man from the mistake and that that isn't meant to minimize the mistake but I think for me that's just how I process these things like remember the Iowa strength coach yeah 
There's some reports. Chris of, Doyle. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. it, it, there's some reports of some some racist behavior, right? Or someone someone reports a problem with them, and so they they you know launch an investigation, and before you know it, what what do they find out? There's a pattern. Okay. Well, this guy had a problem with it, and this guy had a problem with it, and this guy had a problem with it, and this guy had a problem with it. Like that that to me makes a difference. Like, okay, let's look at the person, and is this you know what is this? And to me, this Greg McDermott has no no shred of any sort of this at all. In my interactions with them, and my guess is if you talk to every player, they would all say the same thing, and I think that should matter in this situation. So, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'll throw it back to you. I just – I mean, it's a – it's this has been an interesting week for for me on a variety of levels. Yeah, I think, I think that's well said. I think your stories about how he treated you and all that, all that stuff matters because it feeds into the context of the person. And – um you know, about patterns of behavior and all that. I remember when I read the thing, I, I just got back from a run and I load up the, uh, the Twitter. I think it was uh, a Thursday, right? Was it a Thursday? No, it was or? Tuesday night. Tuesday, it was Tuesday because they, uh, there was a big game going on that night, Michigan-Illinois, I think yeah. it was that night. And I read the statement and it had just gotten released. And I remember I'll, whenever there's anything Creighton or Greg, yeah, or, you, I'll text you right, right away. I'm like, what is this, you know? And I hadn't heard any rumblings of this or anything. Maybe locally they had, but I hadn't. I hadn't. Heard. I hadn't heard anything. So, so I read. So I read it, and I'm like, "Ooh, that's not. That's not good. No, like, that's not good." And and it's the surprising reaction that you have. It's surprising because of who said it, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, patterns of behavior. You don't. You would think like you would have heard something like that, like just a dumb thing to say. But it never rose in my head to, well, he's not going to survive this. Right. Like, it never rose to that in my head. Understanding that the color of my skin yeah. might not really allow me to really that have that opinion matter too much. Like, it really matters how the players felt. Yes. Those four or five black uh, players on the team, how do they feel? How do they receive it? And that's that's the most important part of this. Or the assistant coach, Renshaw. Like, yep. what, how are people legitimately feeling about this? Because there's certainly a lot of legitimate hurt from the comments, mm-hmm. from that analogy, as there should be, and that's understandable. I also think there's a lot of, and this can be true, it can be a bad thing to say, people can be hurt, and that's all true, and they should be hurt, because it's not a good comment. But I also think there's a lot of feigned moral outrage from people to make sure others know that they're on your side. Yeah. I, I think there are, there, you know, we know that what the last 12 months have been like. And I think in the context of all of that, you are told to feel a certain way, right? Like sometimes you, you, you have a certain idea and you go, okay, how does, how does this make me feel? Well, I don't know. And, and so you go online and go, okay, let, I'm going to read someone I respect. Uh, let's see how I should feel about this. You know, maybe it makes you feel a certain emotion, but it doesn't rise to the level of extreme anger or indignation. So you go online and social media tells you how to feel mm-hmm. or someone whose opinion you value. Right. Tells you how you should feel. And so maybe, you know, you choose to feel that way. Like, yeah, that is bad. He should be fired. That is bad. You know, and and I just wonder how much of that is is there. I don't I don't know. Right. Because we have over the last 12 months become a culture that is 
I don't I don't even know if looking for reasons to be offended because that was offensive what yeah, he said. Yeah, like we, the, yes. It's terrible. It's so there's no offensive. excuse yeah. to excuse yeah. for it. But at the same time, I wonder if if there is a you're you're feeling some people are feeling a certain way because we have programmed people to be angry. Right. We have programmed people to be outraged. Not not even not not be a middle ground, not be, oh, that's not good. Let's see what happens moving forward. It's either one extreme or the other. Dig into your heels. And I, you know, I fail at this all the time, but I just and again, this is just me. And I had the impact of his words didn't touch me the way that they touch sure. people in that locker room. But man, like I am I'm like, let someone else who has said something unintentionally uh, and it hurts someone really badly. Let those people who have never done that pick up that stone and throw it because I'm running away from those stones, man. I'm not talking racist comments. I'm talking talking hurtful comments to someone you love. Right. 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 Something you've done and unintentionally made someone feel a certain way. I'm not picking up that stone to throw it because I just – I am a sinful person and make mistakes all the time. And so I try as much as I can to extend grace to people, right? Give people the benefit of the doubt. That does not mean not holding people accountable, right? Right. right. It means allowing people the opportunity to repent, change if they have to, or show that that one moment, that one thing you said, that one 10-second clip of your life does not define who you are. Yes, and, and that's where the track record of who you are, what you've done, how you treat people, all of that matters. And, you know, the court of public opinion and public perception, they're going to do what they're going to do. Like, it, whatever they're going to do, that's – you can't control that. But to me – and I, we are texting back and forth – it's behind the it's the behind the scenes. Those that are in the arena, those that are in the locker room, have been in Greg McDermott's home, experienced life with him on a daily basis, that truly know who he is and who someone is should tip the scales more than one instance of a mindless, hurtful analogy. And so I, I've been unsurprised and saddened by the last week both by what he said, but also by some of the reaction. And no matter what happens, you are going to have reactions that go, whoa, 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 whoa. And other reactions that go, mm, and I, and I, kinda, I can kind of see that. And, sure. you, and you get all of that. And no, no reaction is correct. No reaction is wrong, except to say that I do believe with Greg McDermott, the entire body of work cannot be canceled out by one poor analogy that was hurtful, but I also leave that up to those that were on the receiving end, and everyone outside of that can have their opinions. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go in that locker room and see how it was because I wasn't there and I don't know him like they do. Right, and and that's why I love what Marcus Zagorowski said. Yes, after the game, just I saying. That was, Look, I hurt. thought that was really powerful. What it he was said. really good, right? Like it hurt. I didn't like it, but he's my guy. Yeah, you know, I know we made a really, you know sensitive mistake really bad mistake with what he said but you know only I know every, everything that he's done for me as a as a as a player but more more important as a human being and you know he's he loves me he, he loves everybody in that locker room and you know he's he's shown that 
every single day I've been on this campus since June of 2018. So, um, you know, that's my coach, and I and I love that dude. And you know, but people make mistakes, and you know, that's my guy. And and what you find, Nick, and you, I'm sure most a lot of people listening, those that hurt you the most, and those that you hurt the most. Usually are the ones that love you the most or you love the most. Sure. And that's why it hurts. Right. 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 That's why it hurts. And the, and it was you hope it was unintentional, but I'm willing to extend some grace that it was because I know from everyone who knows him that he's a good guy. And 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 if that makes me a bad guy for th- saying that, then so be it. But I'm not a, I'm not afraid to say it. I don't think anyone should be. I don't think so either. I, I don't think so either. And yeah, I just. I think, like, we all should be in agreement that we should all have a mission to make the world, to eradicate hate and racism in the world, right? Like, we should all be in lock arm plowing forward on that mission. And as we plow forward on that mission, listen, there are some people that do need to get just completely removed due to numerous instances or whatever offense that they've had in defiance of our mission as a society and a culture to eradicate hate as we move forward. There are some people that need to get plowed through and move to the side, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just don't believe that Greg McDermott needs is is one of those guys i and i don't and believe that and nick it doesn't sound like those the guys in the locker room believe that either yeah and and, and i'm and i and i hope that matters and i'm glad right. that it matters because that's right? that's the more i the the more i'm i've thought about this the more i've kind of digested things the more i think at the end of the day the people that that matter the most right now are the current players, the former players, and the people that are immediately around Greg McDermott's program. I'm not even saying that's me. Like I'm saying right. the coaching staff, I'm saying the guys in that locker room, the guys that are going to be joining that locker room and the guys that have been inside that locker room. Those are those I'm not I'm not saying everybody else's opinion doesn't matter, but those are the opinions to me that should matter the most. And that's the thing, like, when people go, when people want to criticize, everything's so easy after the fact. When people want to criticize, I can't believe Creighton let Greg McDermott coach on Wednesday night against Villanova. Okay, yeah, yeah, like, but at the same time, they ask the players, do you want him on the sidelines? And the players said yes. So let me ask you this, to that end, why did they suspend him? Because I think sometimes... And this is where, again, we got to allow some grace for people. Like, sure. I think sometimes you don't know what a situation is going to be like until you get in it. And my read is that they were all on board. Bruce Rasmussen, the president of the university, they all flew out to Cincinnati and then flew out to Philadelphia, numerous meetings individually with the team, small groups, coaching staff, and they all met and all were on board with Greg McDermott coaching in that game. And then I think when they got in that game, they kind of went, eh, eh, maybe, maybe this isn't the, the best, this wasn't the best decision. He, we do, 
maybe we do need to set him aside and for whatever reason and whoever's, you know, like to, because sometimes that stuff like that needs to happen for people to really move forward with the process of, of forgiveness, rectifying the situation, whatever it is. Holding someone accountable. Holding someone right, accountable. For a mistake. So yeah, I, whether I just, it was intentional or not, you get held accountable. Like, I accidentally wrecked my dad's car. Guess what? You're going to pay a price even though it was an accident. Yes, and, and, I, and so I think, I just think everybody makes it all sinister. Like, you know this is what was happening behind the scenes. The Creighton administration knew that the Creighton-Villanova game was a huge game, and they knew that they had to have Greg McDermott on the sidelines, and they said, let's just, let's just let him coach in this one game, and then when this Butler game comes, it's not freaking like that. Okay. That never even, yeah, that never even crossed my mind. But that's how people that's how that like the, there there are some people that viewed it like that, yeah. and I'm saying like this is all a, an evolving thing that you're trying to get your arms around, and a lot of people did their best. Now clearly it wasn't right, like it it clearly probably wasn't the right decision. But sometimes something can feel like the right decision in the moment, and then after the fact you go, you know what, that wasn't the right decision, and oh my god. Why is like th- that to me isn't that egregious of a th- error, right? Like they all were on board with having him coach, and then they had him coach, and they all went, you know what? Let's no, let's do this. Like, okay, that's that bad. Like everyone that's really that upset about that, like I think you're 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 seeing it through a lens that isn't like you're seeing it through a negative lens to begin with. That like that I just don't agree with. You know, I I, I just. I don't know. I mean, I think people are trying to. Everyone's trying to to do their best with this situation, and you're going to have mistakes along the way. And I guess that was a mistake. Yeah, is it a bad look to let him coach one game and then suspend him for? A, yeah, I mean, it is. But like, I think you have to understand. Like, here were the here were the facts and the tools and the information that we had at the time when we made that decision. When we then were presented with other facts and tools and information, we came at another decision right like if your gps tells you to take hey take 40 second and dodge then you're going to go over to to ames and you're going to turn right and then when you got to ames you turn right and it was a construction sign well guess what new information you got to deviate your path right like to me that's all this was they were they they felt like this okay this is the right thing uh no maybe it's not let's now go and do this i don't i don't i don't think that's that big of a deal to me yeah no no it's probably not and and i I only asked that question to just get your take on it because yeah. I, I was interested in your in your opinion on that because when they decided to do it, my reaction was that they're doing it because of the reaction to them not doing it. Yeah, probably. Uh, yeah, you know? I, probably. And, and, I think I think there is probably a little. I think there's a little bit of that. I think I think it's when I say they realized in the moment. Ooh, that's a part of it. I think they right. realized in the moment the players were probably like. This doesn't feel right right now, and then I think they saw the reaction from the from the outside, and they went. Yeah, this maybe wasn't right to have him to have him coach. And and you may say, well, you can't leave it up to the players. See, this is where I see people talk out of both sides of their mouth. They go, We gotta give these players a voice for things, and then they give the players a voice for a decision like this, and then you wanna say, Well, you can't leave a decision like that up to the players. Okay, well, you know what? What do you want? Like, I don't know what you want. Like, it clearly wasn't handled right. Obviously, and but that doesn't mean that there was something really, really wrong with the initial decision in the first place to let him coach on Wednesday. Yeah, and people will make decisions 
based on backlash to mm-hmm. the initial decision. That happens all the time. That's the world we are in, right? That's why people submit apologies. Oh, I didn't mean to do this. Look at what happened. Oh, you fired. You did this to that. Oh, you shouldn't have done that. And and now you have all of this. Oh, I, sh- I shouldn't have. I'm, I'm sorry. I Look at what's happened. Gonna now react that I've made that. this yeah, decision. Right, right. Yeah. You know, the one thing, too, is that is it, you know, we talk about like, hey, there was there was new information. Was it the players or was it people outside saying you made the wrong decision? You know, you want to make decisions because you believe it's the right decision, not because someone tells you you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Right. But it's easier said than done in the world of social media and, and national news and all those things. Like, it's easy to sit here and go, well, you should stick with your guns. Well, you know, if you got the world beaten down on you, sometimes you you give in and you go, what's the risk reward? Do I do we let him still coach? and risk further retribution, or do we just suspend him a game and that'll help it go away? What's the path of least resistance yeah. right, on this thing? So maybe that was a part of it, too. Maybe Greg's saying, hey, look, the sooner we can get through this, and if this helps people heal, yeah, let's let's go through with this. Right. Let's, right. I really believe, like, I, you know, when Mac in his tweet said, I accept and agree with the suspension. Right. I don't think he's just saying that. Like, I right. think Greg I McDermott yeah, truthfully felt like, yes, I, I think – what gives I, I truly believe Greg McDermott's main thought is what gives everyone the best chance to get on the right path of healing. Yeah, I agree. And I agree. Whatever that path, whatever needs to happen for that path to be clear and people on it, let's do it. That's why I think he'd offered his resignation. I mean, he offered, I think he felt like listen, I mean, he offered it. I think isn't that, isn't that incredible? It's incredible. Like that he offered incredible? it. So I just I don't know. I I also think like I think he's handled everything fairly well so far. He's not run. Shit, I, he's not run from it. He's owned it. He's he's taken it head on. Like I don't. Yeah. There there was no. There's no like no. That's not what I meant. And I'm digging my heels in. Right. 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 He's not. He's this, not. I mean, he could have easily even in his initial, uh, tw- his initial statement. He could have easily not included what he said. Yes. He could or, have easily Or said he it. could have said, what I meant to say was this. Right. It wasn't and, even that. So he could have just said, I used right. some poor language in the locker room. For that, I apologize. Like, you know, I mean, he could have done that. Or like you said, he could have included it and said, what I meant was, and he has not made one excuse. He said, I made a mistake. Mistake yeah. comes with consequences. I own it. He has done, he's offered up his resignation. He has, uh, he has right. accepted and agreed and been on board with the suspension. Like I think I just, again, I feel like he's handled all this stuff about as good as you can. Yeah. And you know, we'll see, man. I, Look, I, I don't, he, I don't know. He's, he's followed the playbook as well as you can on this. And, um, I don't believe it's fake. I believe it's legitimate. I believe he he feels as terrible about it as you could imagine. I'm sure the last week has been uh, hell for him, and yeah. no one's going to feel sorry for him, or yeah. at least not a lot of people will. That's fine. Whatever. I'm not here to draw sympathy for Greg McDermott. He no, made his no, mistake. No, no. I'm not. I'm not trying to make him out to be a sympathetic figure yeah. here. Like, I mean, he's he made a mistake. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. he he made a mistake, and he's got to he's got to deal with it, and he is dealing with it. But and you were you used the word mistake. You use the word mistake, and it's accurate. And we don't we don't need to excuse the language, but we can allow a good person to make a mistake. Yeah. And I think that's okay. And if Creighton decides he won't be able to lead the program in the future and they need somebody else because he can't recruit to this mess, oh, this is terrible, 
then fine. If that's how you feel, then fine. But don't make that decision because someone tells you that's how you should feel or that's the decision you should make, Mm -hmm. right? And taking the voice of the locker room, like you said, and all that, finger on the pulse, all of that. Here's the other thing about this, too. If there was a pattern of behavior, what happens when one person speaks up or there's a statement put out that goes, oh, this happened? What happens? It usually opens the floodgates. Yeah. One, two, three, right. four, five. Now here's the pattern, right? Mm-hmm. You saw it with Chris Doyle in yes. those tweets. You saw it with Greg Marshall and the abuse. You see it with Andrew Cuomo in New York. Right. Yes, right. <laughs> right. Right. Patterns of behavior. People go, man, that guy's not a good guy. Right. That guy, we, this is an untenable situation. This ain't that. D- exactly. And so I'm with like right now, yeah. let's say over the next couple of days, let's say what we're saying happened. Let what you just threw out there happens. If if all of a sudden former player X, former player Y, current player Z, former player Boom. that A, B, C, all these people line up with he said this to me and he did this and he did this and he did this and he did this. Okay, then now we're talking about a totally different situation. Now we're not talking about a mistake. We're talking about someone who in the fiber of his being, might not be that good of a guy like we thought. Exactly. And so, again, I think all those things need to matter. They need to to matter. Like, again, you know, we should all be on the front lines, like I said, of trying to, of like, trying to identify those people that have hate in their heart and aren't good people. Sure. and And that have established that by numerous instances of poor behavior and yes we need to get those people to the sidelines and in, and most importantly when you get those those people out of leadership positions right uh, great like point. i think yeah. we all are on board with that mm-hmm. i'm just telling you i i greg mcdermott's not one of those guys like i just really believe that to be true and but no that one it, has and nobody has said that he is right and so nobody that, and that's what's so hard about this is I feel like I can say that because I get you. There's some people listening to this, like listen to me say, they go, "Oh, Nick, you don't care about you. Look at you. You don't care about what he said." I do care about what he said, and I do think, like, when I think of plantation, the first thing I think of is slavery. Like, literally, it's the first thing that comes to mind. And to say that to a room full of predominantly young black men is horrible. But I feel like I can say that, but then also feel the way I feel that like, hey, he still is a good, he made a mistake. I still feel like there is nothing but goodness in that man's heart. And I just think we should all be trying to get as big of an army as possible for wanting to be good people and do the right thing, right? Guess who, guess who should be in your army, good people army? Greg McDermott should be in your army. And I think, again, we can separate the mistake from the person. That's all I'm trying to say. And I'm not trying to minimize the mistake. And I do think, like, there's clearly, there was real hurt in that locker room with those, with, with those players. And they're, they're all going through the process of healing and coming together. And listen, they all might forgive him, but the situation might be too far gone. And it still might end with Greg McDermott having to move on. That might happen. But... I'm just I'm just telling you he's not guys he is not a bad guy he is not he's not I'm just nope. I'm telling and you. look man like judge people with the same measure you want used against you right and uh, that doesn't mean you don't get held accountable but like for you you're a good guy 
if you said something like that, man, there'd be so many people in your corner. I not hope be- so. Not because they endorse what you said. Right. But because they know it's a mistake. And your 40-plus years can't be judged on eight seconds. Right. Or ten seconds. And, again, they're going to have to make those decisions. Uh, and I'm not saying that the the outrage and some of it isn't legitimate because it certainly is. Absolutely it is. And it was confusing and confounding and disappointing and deplorable. All those adjectives you want to use is is there. But, man, did he fall on the sword quick, and, man, did he did he feel you could just sense the anguish right. knowing it, because that, he, that he made that mistake and – and regretted it almost immediately. Right. As, as soon as the words came out, moments later from what you read. Again, like, find me the, the, the list and line of people that feel otherwise. And I'll, and I'll listen because, like, I also think because there's some people, and this is maybe just in my little, you know, it is social media. Sometimes it's an echo chamber of the people that right. in, you follow. But, like, there, there is some people like, uh, you know, like Maurice Watson or Kenny Lawson or some people have okay. spoken out. Uh, have have I think I think when people are trying to digest some certain things that maybe Maurice Watson's tweeting out or what Kenny okay. Lawson is putting on Facebook or whoever, I think we I think their issues are with maybe Creighton University as a whole, maybe having some racist tendencies or whatever because let's be honest it's a predominantly white uh catholic jesuit university i think whatever issues they have are kind of because some people have said well what about what maurice watson's saying well maurice watson's not saying anything that i mean go like you go find maurice watson was straight up asked on on twitter did mac ever say anything like this to you he said no never but I think he takes issues with some of the way things were handled with his case or maybe some of the way the things were happened with or handled with Preston Murphy or maybe just the way things felt for them in their experience in being black on Creighton's campus, which is something I can't speak to. And it's not to minimize how that was for them, but I think their experience and what they're talking about is more about Creighton University in a larger sense and less about Greg McDermott. There. You talk to Kenny Lawson, all those guys. Like they're not going to have any specific instances of issues with Greg McDermott. Sure. They maybe felt uncomfortable and had some various issues with Creighton University in their time there on another level. And so I, I, I guess I want people that are digesting those things to realize, like I think I think those two things are getting getting blended together when they're two hmm. sep. Like they don't I don't think those people have any issues with Greg McDermott. They maybe have issues with some different experiences they had with the university. And That's I just think those things are need to be separated. I hadn't seen any of the tweets. I just saw the Maurice Washington Jr. tweeting this is wild and out of pocket. I'm sorry, don't cut it. And then I see the Justin Patton saying what's done in the dark will always be brought to the light. Yeah, praying for the players in the situation at Creighton SMH. I'll say that what's done in the dark will always be brought to the light. Greg McDermott brought it to the light. Well, and and like what, like, Greg, you, like it wasn't something that was being hidden. Like I understand what Justin Patton is hit, is saying there, well, but and that's here's what not, I'm saying is bring it to light. Let's bring all bring all of sure. what's done in the dark. Bring it to light. I would. There's nothing I would invite more than a thorough investigation with the lights on into Greg McDermott's track record. Because sure. one thing I'm guaranteed is going to look pretty damn good after you do that is Greg McDermott's track record. So yeah. br- I'd, I, I welcome that, you know. 
and so I guess, but but things because Justin had tweeted about Creighton University. Like okay. I think what I, I think pe- people, yeah, I, this is stuff that's happened over the course of months. So, but I guess I, I think some people are like that's not what some former players are saying. I'm like, well, what some former players are pointing out are things that have nothing to do with Greg McDermott and the basketball program and how he treated players, right? Like, I think I think they're more speaking to how the university handled Maurice Watson's case in his instance or how the university sure. was structured from a uh, from a cultural standpoint for Justin Patton or for, you know, like those kinds of things. And listen, those are worthwhile conversations that those people are pointing out. But what I'm saying is those, those should be filed in a separate file than, than if we're trying to figure out Greg McDermott, the person, and if he's the right person to lead a basketball program. That's all yeah. I'm saying. And I get that they would say, well, it's all encompassing because it's all Creighton University and it's all dealing with race. And I, I agree, but I also think, like, they, like two, again, two things can be true at once. Like, I agree, it's a, it's a larger overarching thing, but it's also, we, we need to also straight up zone in on Greg McDermott and who he is, because at the center of this, that's that's really what we're talking about here on whether or not he's fit to continue to lead the basketball program. That that's right, right, and that and that is something like being able to recruit to it, being able to coach through this, uh, being able to have families trust. All of those are legitimate conversations that might not even be well. You said this, so you need to be fired. It just might be. You can't operate under this, or at least we can't see that. I also believe that that is a very, again, there's my opinion, very short-sighted, very next week type of opinion, not a next year, next five years type of conversation. That's a that's the emotional reaction to this of, you said this, no way you can exist under these situations. You can't operate. This thing needs to move on. A lot of folks at Crane will know much more than I do. I'm just a, I'm just yeah. <laughs> here reading and, and trying to digest as much as I can. But, um, you know, taking you with what you know about Greg and all that, I'm, I'm with you on that. And, and, again, there are a lot of things that can be true at the same time. Say something stupid, racially insensitive, and offer grace. Yes. And I think everybody, everybody needs to be more quick to offer grace than offer condemnation no matter what we're talking about, especially if there's no track record. If there's mm-hmm. a track record, if there's a pattern of behavior, yeah, then then, then, people, then, then you know what? People get fired and it doesn't take long. Greg Marshall's out. Chris Doyle's out. Les Miles going to be out. Right. Right? Right. It's disgusting. Right. These are disgusting people who right. do bad things. So some people deserve grace, and some, because of a pattern of behavior, don't. And so I think we have to we have to kind of – assess that as we move forward and yeah you know I do hope though I was thinking about this too because again I, I like people you you might do a thorough a thorough the, the, you know a, a thorough investigation into his track record and it's all where there's no pattern of the behavior like we're saying and all that stuff and it still could be a deal where it's hard for him to continue to be the coach where like untenable I, situation unten- like sure, I sometimes value, think yeah. about I'm telling you and this is not apples to apples, but it is to a degree in the spirit of what my point is. When Dana Altman left for Arkansas and came back, it was never the same. Hmm, interesting. It was never the same. It just wasn't. 
I remember the first, I'll never get the first time after he came back when he, when we walked in and he was there for an individual workout, it, it, everybody was walking on eggshells and anytime he yelled at anybody, it was like, a, it just, everything was different. You, I think you talked to anybody around the program, better even ask Coach Altman. He would say, whenever the second, when I left for Arkansas and came back, it just was, everything was different after that. I, I hope, because sometimes you don't know what can, sometimes all it takes is a little thing to change the dynamics of a relationship forever. Right. I hope this isn't the case, but you, maybe this is a situation where even though it was a mistake and Greg McDermott's a good person, just like Coach Altman, I, I believe he, you know, he, listen, you can take a job and then realize, ah, I actually don't want this job and do all, every, you can do everything for the right, you can do everything right and have the situation still end up being wrong. Yeah. And, and so I, I hope what? that's I not think, the case. I think but, your nuance there is 100% accurate in that, you know, players feel and they have every right to feel. And I hope I've made that point. Everyone has every right to feel how they legitimately feel about this. No one should be told how to feel, no, no matter what side you're at. But to your point, you know, you could feel betrayal by the comment. Like you're not you said something that that's not who I thought you were. And you never think about them the same. Yes. Again. Right. right. And that could legitimately like, you know, you're in a relationship with somebody. A minor little betrayal or a bad thing that you said that might, un, you know, that, that really hits someone her, hard and hurt them. That relationship may not be the same for a long time. Yes. Right. It may be in the back of your mind every time you talk to that person. Right. And that Good could thing, be this. And, and it could be this. Good thing about college is players come and go. Right. 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 It's not, you know, the relationships aren't always the same, but. People, it's not just about that. People on campus, everything, right? So that's why that's why that's so multi layered. You know, uh, like yes, and and that's why I I, all I can all I can do right now is just kind of like sympathize with with the players because man, that would that would be horrible. A man, someone that you like, you pointed out that you loved and respected, said something like that, like that. That's when someone you know and love says something sideways, man, that, that, that cuts a little different, you know? Yeah. It's like, it's not an egg on Twitter. It's your dad. It's your dad. You're like, wow. Okay. So I feel for those guys. I really sincerely do. But I I also feel like, so I can, I feel like you can talk about that and you can also say like, listen, I, I just, I know Greg McDermott, the person, and I believe that man to be a good man. I believe yeah. he is a good man, and this is not a th- this isn't a pattern of racist behavior, racist comments, racist thinking. He doesn't have hate in his heart uh, at all, and so that's what I believe to be true. And I'm not just saying that off the from observing. I'm saying that from knowing a guy for 11 years and spending a lot of different t- time with him in a lot of different situations, right? And so, yeah, I. I yeah. Good people can, you know, I mean, I, I said it's not like, how do we reconcile people that we know and love doing something bad? I think it's an interesting examination that everybody should have internally. Because it, it happens all the time in life, like you, with your loved ones, your family, with it, like, how do you reconcile someone you know and love making a mistake and doing something bad? And that's a hard, that's a hard path to go down and a hard question to answer. Right. And 
I just think you got to do both justice. You got to you got to give the mistake its justice, but you also got to you can't just totally erase who the person is. And I feel like I'm I'm repeating myself, but yeah, words matter. I always believe intention uh, the intentions matter. Um, they might not to some people in this, right? I think they do, but I, I guess we'll find out uh, together. But yeah, I'm with you. It's um, it's one of those things that I can't imagine being a player hearing that and then go play a couple games, go try and win a Big East tournament, go to the NCAA tournament. Like, you've already been through so much over the last 12 months. You had your tournament canceled last year. You fight through this year, all the testing, all this, all that, and now we have this. And, and it's this is their moment they've been working for. They have worked their ass off for two years for this moment. It was taken away from them at this very moment a year ago. They have worked for this moment, and then the guy that's leading them derails it yeah and it's yeah. just like i feel horrible for those guys because that was the hardest part about watching that villanova game especially in the first half it was just it you could see it on every all those guys where they yeah. were emotionally empty and mentally not there and you're just like this is just sad for them yeah. right like this is supposed to be the time this is supposed to be the best time of their basketball lives right now it's march and they're really freaking good like really freaking good this is supposed to be their time and the man in charge took the took them off the road for a little bit and that's unfortunate and i guess we'll see if everyone in that locker room can come together and get everything back on path uh for them to to finish this thing right, and whether whether or not Greg McDermott's the guy that's leading them for the remainder of the season, we'll we'll see. Going to be interesting again going toward that NCAA tournament. You know, we tried to provide a little bit of nuance here. Uh, those who listen to us and have for a long time when we hosted a show in Omaha, I think know how we feel about certain things, the hearts that we have, and the perspectives that we're coming from certainly come from love, understanding, and wanting to provide perspective and nuance while at the same time respecting those that have been impacted great, the, the greatest by those comments. Yet at the same time, how do you do that and also extend grace to the, quote, offender, right? Mm-hmm. How, do, how do you do that, no matter what side you're at? And none of us are in the locker room. Neither of us are nope. in the athletic administration. Nope. None of us are Bruce Rasmussen. Nope. None of us are taking calls from donors. Nope. We, there's so much. Talking to parents this. of the players, talking to recruits, talking to recruits' right. parents. Right. I don't, I don't know what a lot of those conversations are like. I, 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 really, I really don't. Um, and that's what makes it so hard. You know, like, that's why, you know, not only, like, that's why I appreciated so much of Marcus's comments, just because it was interesting to hear what he thought of everything. Like, I'm, I'm curious what the players, how, how they're feeling about all this stuff. And so, but like you said, we don't, we're not in those locker rooms. We're not in those meetings. We're not privy to that information. Um, and yeah, it's, so that's what makes it also tough to, to assess and project what's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, I, we need to lighten the mood here. Yeah. Uh, before we get out. So uh, let's do this. And there's really only one way to do it. And it's uh, reflect on the, be- the greater times and the better times for Creighton basketball, which Nick Baugh was a huge, huge part of. Uh, we will end with this. Tyler McKinney's not going to be happy about the outcome of here, but I don't know why. He should be very happy, so it won't make much sense. We will see you next week. 
Got a break to the basket. They pour Wood Fox through. Wood Fox lost the ball. Shot on the way. Is oh! Oh! It's good. Booker Wood Fox. I'm not happy about that. Chicken Nick. Yes. Chicken Nick. Yes. Chicken Nick show. Yes. Here we go. A Huda Media Production.